Blog Talk Radio. You have tuned in to the Sports Docket with Ace Man and the Cross. The best sports radio show on Blog Talk Radio. Mark Belusis of WFAN will be joining eight seven o'clock tonight. We will break down the Rangers Penguin series, which begins tomorrow night in Pittsburgh. It's all coming up next on the docket. Check it out, baby. Hello and welcome to episode 40 of the Sports Talk with Ace Man and the Quas. I'm Stephen Ackerman. And I'm Ethan Fox. Thanks for tuning in here on April 24, 2008. Another Thursday night edition of the Sports Talk. As Stephen said, it is episode 40. It's a milestone episode as tonight at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Mark Malusis, WFAN radio personality, will be joining us then to talk about the world of sports. Until then, we'll be taking your phone calls at 646-478-511. I'll be talking sports with you. And, Stephen, let me just tip my champagne. I'm not, a, I'm not ashamed to do it. Let me tip my cap to the New York Rangers. Took care Thank of you. business. It won four out of five from the Devils. Completely overmatched us. I mean, just about every part of the game. Lundqvist um, completely overmatched Rodor. Um, everything about the Rangers in that five-game series. Um, uphanded the Devils, and the one guy who stood out above anybody was Scotty Gomez. And uh, you know what? The former Devil um, proved why the Devil should have kept him in that series. Had a t- tremendous series. Um, I think uh, six points total in the series. Really a great playoff player. Um, and the uh, Rangers, you know what? I, I kind of doubted them. I didn't think they could do it that quickly, but they proved me wrong. And the, uh, the Rangers, the Rangers? played the Penguins. Of course, uh, last Friday night at the uh, Prudential Center of the Rock in New Jersey, the Rangers took care of business. Game five, of course, uh, beat the Devils by a score. Of, it was about five to three, I think. Uh, no, it was a good job. I mean, uh, the Devils, they fought hard in the series. But uh, one thing that really got exposed about the Devils, Marty Brodeur is getting older. And he's not the same Marty Brodeur that he was when the Devils were winning all those cups back in the late 90s and early 2000s. And also... They're really missing a big offensive player here. Basically, Zach Parise is a great offensive player. Patrick Elias is good. Uh, Patrick Elias does good against the Rangers. But other than that, I mean, not much. I mean, Brian Gianta had a down year offensively. A few of the defensemen uh, who they uh, relied on offensive uh, contributes from, uh, they really didn't do great this year. Uh, You know, the Devils, good team, but when they trail... 3-1, 4-1 in the second period. They really don't have the firepower to come back, and that's what happened to most of the games in the series. And also, as the uh, Rangers blogger said it on our program, uh, you know, with the mixing and matching by Tom Rennie worked out as they, um, as not only did the uh, veterans score and the guys like Yager and Gomez, but he had guys like Nigel Dawes, who loves to score against the Devils. Dubinsky had a phenomenal series. I mean, up and down the Rangers lines was just scoring all over the place. Sean Avery, uh, after the series, Sean Avery had a jersey named. Did you hear about that story? Uh, there's actually a jersey made for Sean Avery because the NHL, they changed one of their rules. They amended one of their rules. Yes. Uh, because of the uh, of Sean Avery with the uh, face guarding of Martin Brodora. Uh, Larry Bettman, of course, with his strict policy, he um, declined to have that jersey released. It was pretty funny, actually. Uh, the jersey that they made about Sean Avery. But uh, Sean Avery, you know, he's a great player, regardless of all the antics. Uh, he's a player that yeah. There are a few things that he does that bothers me. Uh, but, you know, overall, I mean, I mean, Avery's a great player. He deserves his money after the season's over. 
I mean, yeah. the Rangers, I think they would be crazy not to give him a, a, a good offer here uh, as the uh, season is expiring here. But, you know, Avery, I mean, he's the definition of a classic, you know, a, a classic uh, instigator, a classic uh, pain in the ass, if you know what I mean. So, I mean, Avery, I mean, he, he clearly got to Marty Bordeaux, of course. They refused to shake hands after game five uh, when the uh, both teams were on the ice. uh uh, congratulating the Rangers for the from the Devils' perspective, uh, Devils' perspective, and the Rangers wishing the Devils a good off season from their perspective. But yeah, Avery, yeah, I mean, he, uh, he he got into the Devils' heads, and uh, there's no there's no question about it. And uh, Avery did, he did what he had to do. I think every Ranger got into the Devils' head one way or another. I think what really uh, inspired the Rangers in this series, um, regardless of the fact of how the season series went, was the fact. That Lundqvist was excellent as well. Lundqvist was, Lundqvist was a great the Devils, in the series. He made a lot of key really saves. The great defense of his Ranger team, not only that, but the Rangers really overmatched. I mean, I, I must have been blind or something when looking at the numbers. Um, because, well, I mean, the numbers of the Rangers during the regular season weren't as good as they could be. I mean, the Rangers have a great offensive team, but their offensive numbers... They weren't so high during the season, but going into you know, the Rangers, Rangers and Devils, they're you know, figure this. They're about the same team, except the Rangers have a little bit more clutch. They have a little bit more of a clutch factor, and also the Rangers are a little younger. And, and you know, the, Marty, the Marty Brodeur five years ago could have stood on his head and helped the Devils possibly get to a Game Seven or win this series. How about this? The Rangers with a couple of empty netters in this series on Brodeur. Brodeur looking dumbfounded in, in the box. I mean, I mean, well, yeah, that was the difference. I mean, the, the Devils made a lot of, you know, bad, bad errors that, that, you know, you can't make, you can't make those in a series because one game can change the whole complexion of the series. The only game the Devils won was on a lucky bounce in overtime. So I mean, the Rangers really, you know, they beat them in almost every phase of the game in the series. Definitely. Now, getting to round two here, the Rangers will be playing Pittsburgh. That. First uh, game is tomorrow night in Pittsburgh. Uh, be sure to catch that. Should be a good one. Also, and who, and who doesn't want Montreal, that? Montreal and Philadelphia playing right now. Philadelphia with a two nothing lead in Montreal currently. So that's game one of that series. The Flyers, of course, uh, one and seven over the yeah, Capitals. Flyers, the sixth seed. A great game of the night. I'm sure you saw that or highlights. Well, of that. I mean, despite the fact the Flyers were the six and the Capitals were the three. Really, the Flyers had the much better team, much more experience. It was Ovechkin's first playoff series, so you got to give Ovechkin a little break there. Ovechkin had a terrible series. So did Alexander Semmons. I mean, all, all around the board. So the Capitals um, just didn't play well in that first series. They were lucky they made it to seven games. I mean, Chris Lohuay is not Marty Bergeron. We saw that in seven games. And the Flyers, you know what? I mean, Daniel Briere was phenomenal. The I mean, Flyers are uh, tough. The Flyers are a tough Flyers. team, but... Did a good yeah. job. They did it. You know, uh, of course, game seven, Ovechkin, of course, didn't take that shot from the slot. He had a wide open chance there. He didn't take the shot. Uh, he might regret that. But well, you know, the Flyers with an empty net power play goal in overtime. Made in this series. Ovechkin definitely uh, could have had a much better series altogether. Um, maybe we'll get that more with Mark Lucius, um Hopefully, when he comes on at eight thirty. But yeah, I mean, Ov- Ovechkin could have had a much better series, definitely. And so did um, Alexander Semin. Uh, he was he's their like their go-to guy out, outside of Ovechkin. He didn't have a great series either, and um, and that's why the uh, Flyers were able to take this series in seven. I was surprised it went that long, but now you have the Flyers and the and the Canadians, uh, Canadians who the Boston Bruins getting a tough series. That they were down three games to one. They won yeah, two in a row. Just survived, barely, uh, barely survived. Now Canadians, as I said before, down two nothing in game one right now to Philadelphia, and also uh, right now Red Wings in Colorado uh, game one in Detroit. Uh, right now they're even at one in the second period currently. Um, so yeah, the Red, yeah, the Red Wings uh, took care of business against. Nashville. A lot of good hockey right now in uh, New York. A lot of good hockey in uh, the league. Uh, they're up to the second round, of course. I think yeah. the NBA is a joke. I mean, oh, yeah, uh, the NBA, well, they're not even exciting. Of- Outside of that Detroit-Philadelphia series, you could have a couple of sweeps here. I mean, you, the Lakers are just manhandling the Nuggets. The Hornets, forget about it with Dallas. Uh, Chris Paul has been on fire in that series. I mean, the uh, West, at least, is a little bit competitive, but the East, I mean, the favorites should win easily in the oh, East. But 
definitely know. I mean, San Antonio and Phoenix in game one already. I mean, seriously, Boston versus the Atlanta Hawks. Come on. It's not even fair. Actually, I was down in Atlanta for the chess tournament um, this week. (laughs) And, uh, you know, they had the – I was there for game one. I didn't – You're watching it wearing an Atlanta Braves hat, I see. I was wearing a Braves hat and watching the Celtics-Hawks game. And – you know what, uh, the announcers, and also in the Atlanta newspaper, the Journal of Constitution, they were saying that the Hawks actually could do it. Come on, the Hawks are not the Golden State Warriors. So let's, not go out of, let's not go out of our minds here. But how can the Hawks even win a game against the Celtics defense? They're not. They're not going to win a game because not they're not even close. I know. I mean, I don't know what they were – I don't know. They must have been delusional like Isaiah Thomas. But, you know, the Hawks <laughs> are not going to win against the, the Celtics here. I mean, let's be the Hawks have here. no chance. I mean, Kevin Garnett won Defensive Player of the Year, and he didn't win it for no reason. There's no, a better he, chance that I become a Major League Baseball player than, uh, yeah. than the Hawks winning the series. <laughs> they're, really, yeah. they're really not going to win the series. No, right, there's no chance at all. All right, now um, all right, we're going to get to a little bit of baseball, Mets and Yankees, uh, but we're going to have to take a little quick commercial break first, uh, so we'll be right back on the docket. Of course, you can call in at 646-478-5118. We'll be right back. The Sports Socket. Your home for the Mets, the Yankees, the Rangers, the Islanders, the Devils, even the Knicks and the Nets. Anything you want is right here on the Docket. www.blogtalkreader.com slash Docket every Thursday night at 8 o'clock p.m. Same time, same place. Live from Lynbrook and Brooklyn, New York, this is the Sports Docket Radio Show with Ace Man and the Quas on Blog Talk Radio. Hey, 12 p.m. on a Thursday night in New York City. Welcome back uh, to the Sports Docket. Well, currently we're not the home for the Devils and the Islanders, just for the Rangers. As Speaking are. of uh, Mets right now, we're going to get some baseball. Mets right now, 2 nothing, top of the fourth. Uh, just moments ago, an RBI single by none other than Oliver Perez. Uh, right now, Mets are first and third, uh, running against Thornhill. Two nothing. Yesterday, yesterday, you had Johan Santana with the uh, two with the two doubles. Hey, what? This Mets pitching staff is looking good in the batter's box. Yeah, I mean, it really, it really is. So Santana looks all great. I mean, basically, you put Santana on the mound, you almost guaranteed at least. And three runs or less. Seven innings. Well, you know, Santana, uh, Santana yeah. when it comes to National League, I mean, we, we kind of obviously expect him to have the same amount of strikeouts uh, that he had I in mean, yeah. the Prince uniform, but he's given he gave them that seven quality innings last night, two runs on seven hits. What more could you ask for? Uh, provided some offense, a couple of doubles. He only had, what, four strikeouts, but uh, Santana goes out there and, he, and, he, and he's a stopper. That's exactly what really Randolph I mean, calls him. He's not really he a strikeout. He's not really a classical strikeout pitcher, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, he's more, he doesn't really allow for it, but he does. No, I mean, he, he's had, he had a 17 strikeout game with the Twins last year, so I mean, uh, eventually, well, yeah, he had 10 strikeouts earlier on in the season, so eventually we're going to see some double-digit strikeout games from Santana. But right now, he's just feeling. The Yankees, the Yankees are playing pretty well right now, but they are in the range away in Chicago. Uh, we'll see what happens with that. We'll keep you up to date on that if they start. Yankees the game. are looking to go for their fourth straight win. Uh, Twelve and ten. They right get the game of the way. They just showed the pictures in Chicago, and yes, and it was pouring there. Is, is, so is we'll game, see if they get a game in. Is A Rod getting a start tonight in that, uh, that game? Or um, I'm not sure. I didn't, I haven't seen the lineup. I don't know if A Rod's getting a start, but uh, of course, uh, yeah, a little a quad injury also. Had uh, the birth of his uh, new baby yeah, a few Miami. days ago in Miami. Uh, so we'll see. I don't know if he's playing that. We'll, we'll check that out if the game gets underway, if it doesn't. All right. Yeah. Um, I mean, the Yankees would rather have A-Ron in the lineup instead of Morgan Ensberg. But. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, let's get back to Mets a little bit. Uh, since we last spoke to you guys, I mean, they've had an interesting uh, few weeks here. It's been Definitely. up and down constantly. Uh, National Series last week uh, swept them pretty easily. Yeah, first two games were pretty easy wins by the Mets. And the last game, the Nationals handed that to them in the 14th inning with uh, the walks and uh, the wild pitch, the whole thing. Uh, and then in Philadelphia, great start to the series for the Mets Friday, Saturday. 
Santana, of course, brilliant on uh, brilliant on Friday, uh, throwing <laughs> seven plus innings. Last night, I called into the seven train to Shea, and they were talking about that uh, Sunday night at ESPN game against the, uh, the Phillies um, at Citizens Bank. And, you know, they were saying, you know, when the Mets scored those four runs to tie the game up, it kind of reminded them of 2006 uh, when the Mets would always be coming back in games. Of course, the Mets did lose that game, but they were kind of bringing it of back course. a little bit uh, with that four-run I mean, yeah. inning. Yeah, they fought, they fought to the end in that game. I mean, and the Phillies... I mean, uh, uh, it's not like there's any fight. They didn't slow down. The Phillies but salvaged was... that series. And it looks good right yeah. now. The Mets have won, uh, what, four out of six in the Phillies. But, again... It all comes down to September. Um, you know, that's going to be the uh, – once September starts, the Mets are going to be on the hot seat, all of the players and all – and especially Randolph. And everybody's going to be on the hot seat once again, depending on what lead this team has, especially with some games in against the Phillies. So Yeah, I mean, right now, and there's nobody on the planet higher than Chase Elder right now. Uh, well, has as many home runs as the entire Mets team has through the first 20 games. Not to mention so, more home runs than Beltran has RBIs. Exactly. I mean, uh, yeah, Utley, I mean, he's doing Burrow, a tremendous job. Uh, Slamming brothers. Utley has 10, Burrow has 8. I mean, Ryan Howard's hitting 100, but the other, when the uh, Utley and Burrow have made up for that. And the Phillies are not really, are still at 500, but, uh, you know, when that pitching staff gets going, whenever it gets going during the year, the Phillies are going to be And also, they'll again. be that much more dangerous when Jimmy Rollins comes back. Uh, you forget about Jimmy Rollins being oh, out. Jimmy Rollins not even that lineup. I mean, they've been going with Eric Brutman for a while. He's not doing that great at all um, with the defense or with the bat. But once Rollins gets back to the lineup, once Ryan Howard starts getting his back going, I mean, Howard's seeing like 181 right now. Howard is like the David Ortiz of the Phillies. So, um, you know, once they have Rollins back in that lineup, they're going to be forced to be reckoned with in the, in, in the division, definitely. Uh, the Marlins, how long can they stay up like that? Right now they're 13-8. and eight. They've won a couple in a row. Um, and I, I don't know. I mean, the Marlins, uh, outside of Mark Hendrickson, is 4-1. and one. Uh, You can't really see the Marlins going really anywhere. I mean, Henry Ramirez has seven home runs. Mike Jacobs has seven home runs. But yeah, I, I mean, the Marlins, I, the Marlins are in right now, unless there's like a miracle season like a 97 was, or 2003, where they come out of nowhere. I don't see. I don't really see that. I still think they need a few more years. I don't think they have enough pitching to survive the whole season. Um, but you know, they have, they're a good young team. Uh, they have good young players with Hanley Ramirez, of course, Cameron Mabin, who they got from the Tigers, also Andrew Miller, who they got from the Tigers. Uh, a lot of youth, a lot of exuberance on that team. Uh, you know, they're they'll probably be a pretty fun team to watch, but I. I don't think they're a little too young to compete right now. I mean, a few years down the road, we'll see. But as of right now, I really don't think that uh, they're going to compete uh, at the end of the season. The well, Stephen, uh, let's get to the Mets uh, bullpen here. I mean, how many times are we going to see Jorge, Willie Randolph bring out Jorge Sosa? I mean, how is uh, how well did he pitch against the Cubs in those two games? Yeah, he Sosa was, gave up the big blow in both those games. Big blow in both games. Get already his second grant. I mean, he's given up two grand slams already in this young season. It's only 20 games in. I mean, Ronnie, uh, Ronnie you know, Randolph, has more RBIs in those two games than Reyes has the whole season. You know, Randolph, he has these guys that he sticks to, that he brings out there all the time because he thinks they'll get the job done. Guys like Sosa, he had Moda last year as one of those guys. Guys like Heilman. But, you know, he's got to get some other guys in that ball for a chance. I mean, you can even throw on Nelson Figueroa out there from the ball from sometimes. He's going to give you a better outing than than the Sosa. I mean, Sanchez gave a pretty good outing last night. I mean, why is Randolph throwing out the same guys all the time for that bullpen? He's got to, I mean, he's going to, going to be worn out by the time June comes around. So, I mean, the Mets, I mean, Randolph has got to start mixing and matching with that bullpen because, you know what? The Mets don't have that, that, that elite setup guy. The Mets got to mix and match. They can't have the same guy well, Eventually, we'll see. I think Figueroa's going to eventually come out of the bullpen. Yeah, we'll he does. I know. Uh, also, one guy that you don't quite one guy that you know you don't quite know about yet. Uh, the Mets a few weeks ago, a lot of people forget about this. They signed Claudio Vargas uh, to oh, a uh, minor league deal, and uh, he uh, went through extended spring training. And the Mets say that he may have a chance to get into the rotation at some point this year. So Vargas, yeah. I mean, as He's about 29, 30 years old. There's good stuff. Throws hard. Uh, we'll see. I mean, uh, the Brewers gave up on him. 
Uh, basically, they had five men in their rotation, and uh, they gave up on him, and then we'll see how he fits with the Mets. I mean, if yep. Pedro and El Duque aren't healthy, I think Vargas will have to see him get a chance. Even Figueroa has been very good. You know, that's one of those Manaya acquisitions that kind of goes under the radar, but that's but that could work out for the Mets. I mean, if Vargas comes up, obviously they're going to bump Figueroa down. He has he's had one good start and one kind of shaky start. So yeah. I think that, yeah, when if Vargas comes up, definitely Figueroa gets bumped down. Um, we'll see what happens with that. But I but I think also besides the bullpen, I mean, Mets of course are eagerly awaiting Pedro's return to the starting rotation. So whenever it's yeah, of course. And Pedro's supposed to come back in June or so. And the supposedly Moises Alou was supposed to come back this week. But who knows how long he'll be gone for. But you know what? I think Angel Pagan has, has actually uh, done pretty well with the bat. He's uh, kind of overachieved a little bit. He's kind of um, stepped up when guys like Carlos Delgado haven't. So we'll see what happens with that. But, again, we'll probably get more into that when Malusis comes on. Malusis, of course, the big Yankees and Redskins fan. So... Uh, me as a Mets and Giants fan, I have a little, um, I was a little beef with that. But uh, then you want to call into our show? The number is one six four six four seven eight five one one eight. We'll take a quick break and we'll be back right after this on the Sports Docket, the basement and the clock. The Sports Docket is not all sports. Neither is it all serious. We do get some laughs. Take sports a little bit here. We'll switch the NBA a little bit. So the season just getting underway now. So do you think uh, we'll start with the meal this time? Think it's true or false? Will the San Antonio Spurs repeat as NBA champions? Um, you know, I'm tempted to say false because every year you can make a case why they shouldn't. But every year they seem to be the best team. But uh, you know, I, I'm going to say probably. I'm, I'm going to say yes. They're true. They're going to repeat. Uh, my opinion is, uh, my prediction is, I think they're going to have a down year, and all of a sudden they're going to bring Evil and Gorion into the dressing room after every game. <laughs> they're going to peak at the right time and win it again. But they do. <laughs> Tony, Which I think we would all peak if she walked into our locker room, you know, guys. <laughs> Tony Parker is a lucky man. I, yeah, I agree with that. I, they're they're my favorite team just because of that. <laughs> When you watch those games in the NBA Finals, they show more shots of Evil and Gordia <laughs> yeah, exactly. than they uh, do of actually the we players. Send something to that cameraman, am I right? <laughs> the smart man, he knows what the viewers That's want right. to watch. Exactly. <laughs> Hello, Mets fans. You're looking for a show that covers the Mets inside and out. There's a show for you, the 7 Train to Shame Mets Radio Show on Blog Talk Radio. Join Matt, Greg, Mike, and special guests all season long with inside analysis on games, news, rumors, the minor leagues, and more. What's your opinion or ask a question by calling into the show? For up the latest Mets, news, rumors, opinions, and show schedules, visit our website at www.7traintoshay.blogspot.com. For Mets fans, by Mets fans, it's the 7 Train to Shay Mets Radio Show. Now back to the sports docket with Ace Man and the Quads. And we are back. Welcome to uh, Sports Docket 824. So a couple minutes from now, Martha Luces will hopefully be joining us. Again, Martha Luces is a busy guy. He's got a show coming up on WFAN, 6.60 a.m. tonight, 1 a.m. to 5 a.m. So actually, um, yeah, and Stephen yeah, and I... Yeah, if you're still up, if you're still up and you don't have an internet working, and uh, <laughs> you're looking for a computer, then, uh, you know, listen to Martha Luces, 1 o'clock. 1 o'clock, yeah. He'll be on. He'll be on, and... Um, if you want even more encouragement to uh, listen in to Mark Malusis, uh Steve and I may plan to call into the show. Maybe I'll yeah, I mean, definitely. <laughs> now, let's get into the Yankees a little bit here. I haven't talked too much about them. No, uh, the how, about, how about Mike Messina last night? You know, finally a good Mike, outing Mike. this season. The Moose. Mark Malusis, they call him the Moose. How about the Moose last night? 
Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, the moose is coming on, but there's also another moose in the Bronx, and that's Mike Messina. I mean, he he did very well last night. Uh, oh, no pitching, doubt about I that. I think he, what, he threw like seven innings in the Yankees. Seven win, innings, uh, two runs for him. Uh, one more. He gave up two home runs, but those only two runs he allowed. Um, got his second one of the season. I mean, Hawkins and Trader made a little shaky there, but, of course, Rivera nailed it yeah, down. Course, yeah. But Messina, yeah. very encouraging start. I mean, uh, for about two, two, about two and a half seasons now, Messina has uh, really not been the same pitcher, but um, and actually Hank Steinbrenner kind of compared him to Jamie Moyer, um, saying that uh, he has, in order to be successful at his age of 39 years old, that he has to... Um, and he has to kind of do the same kind of stuff that Jamie Moyer um, does on a regular day basis. But Mosina, uh, he he looked great in the game. I mean, uh, he um, got enough off-speed pitches and was able to uh, strike out. Uh, you no, know, it's a tough White Sox lineup, and he did a pretty good job with it. So, I mean, uh, Mosina getting his 252nd career win. He passes Bob Gibson on the all-time list. So Messina's moving up the ranks now, and yeah. that's uh, one starter the Yankees really need yeah. to contribute you know, on every day. Maybe Messina has something left in the tank. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, who knows? I don't think he does, but uh, at least for one start he did. I mean, we'll see. I mean, we'll see as the season goes. I mean, Philip Hughes and Ian Kennedy yet to win a game combined yet. And, you know, with Messina, and they're going to have to rely on veterans and the young guys. They really have nobody in their prime right now except for Ching-Ming Wong. I mean, Wong has a great start, but I mean, he's not gonna be, he's not gonna pitch this dominant all year. We know that. Oh, definitely. I mean, no, Wong's like four and zero with an ERA of about two. I mean, I mean, he's a great pitcher, but he's not gonna be like this all year. Uh, they're gonna need a solid year from Pettit and uh, Mike Messina. Pettit and Messina are already over thirty-five years old, so that's really gonna be a stretch for them. I think. Definitely, no question about that. Um, and again, uh, Mark Lewis will be joining us. Momentarily on our program, want to call in uh, before or after? It's one six four six four seven eight five one one eight. Yeah. Um, again, and also, I mean, we got to touch on this Yankees rotation because uh, you said before Ian Kennedy, Philip Hughes, and Hughes is going tonight. Zero and three with a nine ERA. I mean, uh, you look over to Santana in New- at, at Flushing, and you look over to Hughes in New York, and Hank Steinbrenner is probably shaking his head right now. That he didn't make that. that he didn't even try to make that deal. And you know what? New York top one is a Barnum. Castillo what? is another base hit. Luis Castillo is another base hit. Castillo's on fire. So I mean, he, he has two singles tonight. Well, you know, it's not hitting. Castillo is getting the job done. Uh, All right. Castillo, Castillo is uh, what two hits tonight? Yeah, Castillo two hits, including the RBI. Oh, see another base hit here. Okay. You know, we're going to take a quick break right here on the sports docket. Uh, right on the other side of the break here, we're going to have Mark Malusis of WFAN. Uh, he's going to join us here to talk about overall the world of sports and how uh, the Rangers are doing the second round against the Penguins, uh, how he expects them at the Yankees in the season, and et cetera, et cetera. So we'll be right back on the sports docket. You got a on, everybody. Yeah. Rick Rose. Oh, yeah. You're no strangers to love. You know the rules, and so do I. I've to Rick Rose. That's right. Everybody, so uh, we should do a radio show. Yep. <laughs> uh, join, yeah, join us momentarily. Should be Mark Malusis. You know he's a busy guy, so um, hopefully, uh, you know, he'll, we'll hopefully he'll come out. He confirmed, so we're gonna uh, wait for him uh, to call into our program here. If you wanna call in or chat with us, you can do that uh, both two ways. Over at you can call into our show as I said before, or you can chat with us. Over at our very popular chat uh, at blogtalkradio.com slash docket. Uh, I guess before we get Malusis on here, Stephen, uh, what are your first picks of this Rangers and Penguins series? 
Um, what do I think of the range of Penguins is? What do you think? Uh, well, I, well, I, I, I don't want to look here a little bit. I, I think, think uh, Rangers in seven. Now that uh, the Devils are seven, I like the I like the way that sounds. <laughs> I like but, the way that. Um, what I'm saying here, the key matchup here, I think is how how Lundqvist uh, does against <laughs> against Crosby and Malkin. Uh, you have Chris in the background. Do you guys mind telling your jokes in the background there? <laughs> what? I have some yes. distractions in the house. Pretty funny. No, but uh, the Rangers Penguins, is, it shouldn't be a good series. Uh, it's going to be obviously Malkin and Crosby. It's a big for the Penguins there. Against Henrik Lundqvist, uh, the also, goalie. And how is Mark Arthur Slurry? Well, Stephen, what are you. Uh, hey, Uncle Ross, what are your predictions and analyze it? Uh, you want my predictions here? Yeah, well, um, okay, I believe we do have. Um, I, I believe we do have a 516 area code. Um, I believe this is Mark Malusis, and I believe he's joining us right now. He's a Long Island Hello, native. Right? Hello? Oh, wait. Um, From on the air. a 516 caller um, who just uh, called into our program here. If you can uh, call back in, I'm not sure if, who, who that was. But if you want to call back into our program, we'll definitely put you back on. We're doing another 516 area code. Hello? Yes, Hello? This, is, this is Mark Lucis. Uh, is this Scott? Scott, just call back in after. Um, we're waiting... We're waiting for Mark Malusis uh, to call back into our show here. I believe we just called in on another line, so I'm going to wait for him to call in. Oh, oh, oh no, Castillo just hurt his leg. Castillo hurt his leg? Really? Grabbing his, as Castillo's grabbing his hamstring. Uh, this is not good. Again, we're waiting for uh, Mark Malusis. He actually here. looked like he hurt himself planting into second and then ran to third on a pickoff throw. Okay, Maybe, I, believe Mark, I don't know. I believe Mark Malusis just called in if he wants to... Um, it's easy to just call right back, you know, put him back on. Put back in the air, Mark. We'll call right back. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, Mark Lewis has his catchphrase, um, if you can't play it, talk it. Uh, and it That's very good, very good. That's what we are right now. We can't play sports, so, so we talk. Well, uh, you can play a little better than me, but, yeah, both of us are, aren't the greatest athletes <laughs> in the world. Let's just say that. Um, and, We're good um, athletes, though. Good. Solid. Okay. Well, Yeah, so is Moses coming in? Uh, I, I, I could have sworn he just called in um, from the 516 area code, uh, but we're just waiting for him to call back into our program here. We'll see. And guess what? Uh, Belcher just took out looking. Really? Oh, I'm looking again. Wow. The Mendoton is obviously having his struggles this year, especially with Johan Santana um, with the higher batting average there. Um, so we'll wait. We'll, we'll, we'll be on a loose watch here waiting for Mark to uh, call back in. <laughs> but um, if um, you guys have any comments or questions, you know where to Wait on Moose. All right. Well, let's back to the here. What? A lot of game sevens. A lot of, definitely a lot of game sevens in the NHL. Um, up and up and down the list, you, you had uh, outside of that Penguin series, the Penguins swept the Senators. Uh, there was no surprise there. I mean, they completely overmatched the Pen, uh, the Senators. Um, a rematch of last year, not so much. As the Penguins uh, took care of business in that series, uh, Crosby and Malkin combined to shut down um, the Ottawa Senators. And of course, um, a great series by Mark Andre Fleury and Nett. Um, now, Stephen, I, now I don't know if you heard the comments, but you know, Yager was um, asked about um, Sidney Crosby, and he said uh, that Crosby is no Mario Lemieux, or neither is Genny Malkin. So I mean, a little. I like what Yager did. Like you know, uh, make the series you know, a little, uh, a little meaningful, a little. Uh, Stephen, you know, fire. But I don't think Sean Avery's gonna be as much of a factor in the series as he was in the Jersey. 
Sam Wyman of the Journal News, and you asked him about the confidence level of Yarmir Yager. And today Yager fired off saying, you know, that Sidney Crosby is no Mario Lemieux, neither is Evgeny Yamalkin. Um, you think that uh, the confidence level of Yarmir Yager is going to be uh, a key part of the Rangers uh, beating the Penguins here? Because they are overmatched in some parts of the game. I mean, I think it's interesting because if you look at the Devils series, it was the old goaltender against the young goaltender. And then if you look at this series, it's the Rangers' older snipers against the younger snipers of the Pittsburgh Penguins. I mean, you look at Shanahan, they're immortals in the sport, but really on the downside of their career. And look at Malkin, Crosby, and and Marian Hosa. But I was there when Yager made that statement, and it really was not any disrespect to Sidney Crosby. He was really just talking about the fact of the game in the NHL is much different than when Gretzky played in the 80s or when course, or yeah. when Mario Lemieux played in the 90s. I mean, I, I think there's just, you know, there's clearly a disparity, and he puts upon this, between the top players and, and players below. And I think everyone's kind of come to the middle. That's all he meant. He didn't really knock Sidney Crosby's talent or knock his impact on the game. But um, I, I think the Rangers right now are confident. Um, I, I they should. I think goals are higher, and I think they're playing real well right now. Definitely. Um, now we can just uh, just switch gears a little bit to baseball here, and of course, um, switch go from one moose to another. Uh, last night you had, of course, Mike Messina notching career win number two fifty two. A great performance um, against the Chicago White Sox. Obviously, Yankee fans got to be very um, happy what they saw from Messina because by the way the uh, young starting pitchers have gone with the likes of Ian Kennedy and Philip Hughes, it hasn't really been exactly what the uh, Yankees wanted from the young kids thus far. So how, how important is it for Mike Messina to really step up in that rotation and be a, really the second starter behind Chin-Ming Wong? Well, I mean, behind Pettit. I would, I would say the third Pettit. behind Pettit and Wong. But I think it's an importance. You know, it, it's high-level importance. And it, it, it's important for him to give this team and to give Joe Girardi length out, out of his start. It doesn't have to be a splendid six-inning start or seven-inning start each and every time. But if he can give them six innings consistently where he keeps his team in the game, I think that's what Girardi's really looking for. I think that's what Dave Island's looking for. And you mentioned the struggles of Hughes and Kennedy, and I expect them to be very, very up and down all, all season long. I mean, you guys know this. You look at young starting pitching in the major leagues, and it takes time. You have to wait and watch them mature. It's baby steps. It's growth. I mean, they're not going to go out there and, and be Doc Gooden right from the word go or be Roger Clemens right from the word go. And, and not saying that Ian Kennedy doesn't have the potential or Phil Hughes doesn't have the potential, but it takes time. And I think there is talent there, but obviously they have not gotten off to a great start. I know Cashman talked about the fact that, you know, last year down in the minors, Phil Hughes struggled and then got his arm strength going. So I think that's what the Yankees are looking for. But I look at last night's start by Mike Messina, I think it's encouraging. I think it's the most encouraging aspect to it was that he was able to pitch on the inside corner of the plate we saw him try to do that against the Red Sox, and Manny Ramirez crushed three home runs off of him. So, and I like the fact that his velocity was up to 89 miles an hour. I mean, it has been a good year since we've seen Mucina's velocity at 89. He can win at 89. He can't win at 83, 84. And, and what do you thought about those comments that uh, Hank Steinbrenner said uh, about that he's got to be like Jamie Moore in order to be successful? I mean, I thought those comments were a little out of line there. I mean, Messina's got to be Messina to be successful. It doesn't have to be Jamie Moyer or anybody else. Yeah, I agree with you. I think he's nitpicking a little bit. I mean, I, I find I find Steinbrenner to be entertaining, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> I think he's, I think he adds something. I think he's a little bit out there. You know, he's smoking the cigarettes. He's got the raspy <laughs> voice. I mean, I think Hank has a lot of personality and brings a little bit of a different dimension. Uh, you know, that we haven't seen in, in a, you know, let's be honest, two, three years since George has taken a, a turn for the worse as far as his health goes. So, I, I mean, I think Steinbrenner's entertaining, but, yeah, I think he picked on Mucina. And, you know, I, I think, you know, you can point to Jamie Moyer, you know, and uh, let's uh, look at Jamie Moyer. I, I think the, Mike Mucina's given up the second most home runs to Manny Ramirez. The guy that's given up the most home runs in Ramirez's career is Jamie Moyer. You look wow. at that, that's exactly what the case is. So, he can talk about Jamie Moore and all he wants at 45 years of age. It doesn't mean that's all of a sudden going to equate to success for Mike Messina. And I agree with you. I thought Hank was picking on him a little bit. 
I definitely no doubt about that. Uh, again, Mark Lewis with WFAN Radio joining us right now. Uh, now, of course, the NFL draft is coming up uh, April 26th. And obviously, we know you're a big Redskins fan and all, but, um, of course, we have local teams here um, with some crucial picks, um, more so with the Jets than with the Giants. Now, I know NFL analysts want to say the Jets' biggest picks are at running back and wide receiver, but do you see the Jets uh, possibly picking a quarterback first time around? You know, I wouldn't take Ryan, uh, you know, and that's really the only quarterback that that's really deserved of being, the, you know, the sixth overall draft choice in April's draft. I don't love him. I mean, I – I like him. I don't look at Matt Ryan and say he's going to be a franchise quarterback. I really don't. I think, you know, he threw 19 interceptions this past year. I know he didn't. He's got good size. He's got an average arm, according to most scouts. Um, you know, he's got a passion for the game. That's a positive. But, you know, the Jets have spent $140 million this offseason in trying to bolster their offensive line, bringing in Calvin Pace, signing Bubba Franks, to try and with a win-now attitude. And I think sitting there at sixth overall, I'm not even sure he's going to be there, but the win-now player to add a playmaker to that offense is McFadden. I don't think, I don't think Vernon Golston is it. Uh, he's got a question mark as far as bringing it on every single down. There's no questioning his athletic ability. You know, and and I, don't, I don't think you bring in a Matt Ryan right now. I think you, you bring in a playmaker. And if McFadden's sitting there at sixth overall, he's got to be the dredge, jet strap choice. Uh, now, uh, Mark, uh, sorry, uh, my phone got disconnected before. Do you think the Jets would try to trade up to get Darren McFadden, or do you think they uh, will only try to get him if he's there at six? No, I, I don't think they're going to trade up, uh, because I think they've spent so much money this offseason. You're talking about trading up into, uh, you know, potentially, if the rumors are right and the Raiders could take them fourth overall, you're, you're talking about trading up to the, you know, the the uh, number three spot with the Atlanta Falcons. I just don't think that's going to happen. I don't think they're willing to pay the price. I think if they're sitting there and McFadden's there, I think they're going to take him. I could conceivably see them trading down if McFadden's not there or burning goals or some other apple of their eye. But I don't see them paying the price in order to jump up and get McFadden. I don't. And also now, I just want to get back to baseball a little bit. I have a question about Brian Schneider. Yeah, uh, apparently he had some sort of uh, infection in his finger. Uh, do you know any details about this? You know, I, I know he's back in New York and it's taking a look at. Yes. Wow. Okay. Uh, well, definitely, of course, Brian Schneider is a you know big part of that offense. You know, uh, we're down to uh, 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 no, but, uh Molina. Mm-hmm. Um, something wrong with me. The phone over there, but um. Of course, this Mets offense has really, um, you know, really been a, a problem uh, to start the season. I mean, we know Carlos Delgado's up there in age, and he's been struggling. But guys like you know Carlos Beltran having um, hitting consistent throughout the season. I mean, the Mets can't go out there and expect to win with just David Wright hitting. I mean, what do you think Willie Randolph has to do in order to have to sit a couple guys down, or does he have to maybe? Apparently, uh, Ethan's having uh, some te- uh, technical difficulties. I. Well, I, I don't look – do you guys see any viable options? I mean, you, you sit Delgado down for a couple of days. What are you going to give it to? Uh, give Damien Easley a couple of days at first base? Uh, you know, you're going to get Moise Salou back sooner rather than later, and, and obviously that's a great sign for this Mets offense. But I agree with you. There's, there's no excuses for Beltron. Unfortunately, Delgado seems to have taken even more of a tumble down the hill this year off of his season last year where he had, what, 25 home runs, 85 RBIs. I think he had, like, 265 or 260, something of that nature. You know, and that's a bad sign for this team. I think Willie's handling it right. He's dropped him down to the sixth lineup. Unfortunately, Delgado's an old first baseman. He's lost bat speed. And no matter what you do, if you try and cheat, they, they, you can throw the ball on the in, high and tight right under his right under his hands, and Delgado can't catch up to that ball anymore. And right now he's got a slider bat, and everybody in Major League Baseball, more particularly the National League, understands that. And I think it's really going to be a struggle all season long for Delgado to be even half the power hitter that he once was. Definitely. Um, and, you know, the Mets really need, of course, Delgado to hit on consistent bases in order to be successful as well. Um, getting to this Mets bullpen, which has just been like a, a merry-go-round of um, big home run after yeah. another by the opposing team. I mean, you look at guys like Sosa and, and Heilman, guys that Willie Randolph kind of sticks to and doesn't really um, give 
other guys a lot of chances. By the time you get to June, these guys are going to be worn down in use. So, I mean, what are your thoughts? I mean, he, he put Sanchez in there last night uh, in really a one game already. I mean, what are your thoughts about, you know, Willie Randolph and the way he's kind of has these guys that he sticks to and doesn't give other guys a chance? Well, you're, you're talking about you think he calls the guy's numbers too quick or the rate. Yeah, you know, like, to... like guys like Sosa and Heilman, he, he puts them out there way too much. He goes, he goes, he calls Heilman's number a lot, but I, I think that shows you the confidence he has in him. But Heilman hasn't really thrown the ball particularly well at this point of the season. But I, I think maybe that's trying to help him along a little bit, show confidence in him, and hopefully he's able to right the ship. I mean, I think the eighth inning guy right now, the way he's throwing the baseball has got to be Juaner Sanchez. Uh, you know, he's looked good in his five appearances so far. He's getting people out. He's staying out of jams. He's not giving up the home run ball. And I could clearly see the Mets going back to the Heilman in the seventh, you know, uh, Sanchez in the eighth, and Billy Wagner in the ninth. I mean, it's amazing, guys, when you think about it. Here we are in late April. And how about the fact that how about that Billy Wagner has yet to give up a hit? I mean, that's, that's pretty impressive through eight appearances so far this year. We're not talking about Billy Wagner blowing games against the Phillies or blowing games against the Nationals. That Billy Wagner's come in, and each and every time he's gone out of there and pretty much been one, two, three. He's given up a couple walks, but they, that's basically been about it. And I think Wagner's been brilliant. But you know, you, you have to you have to dance with the girl that you brought. And you know, I think Sosa's given this team some quality innings over his Met tenure. I think Aaron Howland has shown to be a very streaky relief pitcher. Mm-hmm. I think they're extremely excited with the performance of Joe Smith. I think obviously Juaner Sanchez, after missing or being out of base. In one month has looked good, and Billy Wagner's been great, you know, and, and it comes down to yeah. much similar to what we talked about before with the Yankees, a matter of the starters giving Peterson and Willie Randolph a little bit of length in their starts and, and going out there and, and competing for six or seven solid innings. All right, and also uh, the Mets uh, signed a pitcher by the name of Julio Vargas two three weeks ago uh, from the Brewers uh, after they released him. I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't make that out. Uh, he was asking, um, um, uh, Claudia, what, are you, what are your thoughts about Claudio Vargas and uh, if you think um, uh, that he, he will, um, will make the team and uh, be a part of the Mets rotation uh, when he's done with uh, the minor leagues. Sorry, I got a bad phone. No, I, I, think, I, I think Vargas provides this team with an occasional spot start. Do you guys really think, let me ask you, do you really think a guy that had a 5 ERA last year for the Milwaukee Brewers is on now going to be an instant success this year for the Mets? I, I mean, I think if a guy goes down, he can give uh, William Peters, you know, an occasional start here, some innings. But do I look at Vargas and say to myself, oh, that's the answer to the Mets' prayers? Not really. You know, I, I think – you have to be definitely excited what you've seen so far from Santana, Oliver Perez. Don Maine hasn't gone off to the tremendous start as well as he pitched down in Port St. Lucie, but you've liked what you've seen from Pelfrey. Nelson Figueroa has been a wonderful story. Vargas can give this team an occasional start. I don't look at him as an answer, though. And, and there's always those guys like the Mets have had in their past, you know, those James Baldwins and those Dave Williams, the guys that don't really click uh, in a Mets uniform. So, I mean – I mean, I don't know if the Mets really want to go right ahead, as you said, and take a chance with another starter. And I think the, the best thing is to do is see how Figueroa works out and you know, maybe wait until Pedro comes back in June. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I think the, the longer you wait with Pedro and the longer you're able to start, stem the tide and keep winning baseball games, I better, guys. I think, you know, obviously he'll hopefully then stay healthy on the back end of the season. And I think the Mets are going to make it to the – and what in the National League East. I think that's the news yeah. for the Mets there. Definitely, no doubt about that. And once again, Mark, uh, one more question before you go. Thanks so much uh, again. Whatever you uh, need. Thank you for coming on. Now, of course, um, we have these, um, these NBA playoffs, and really they haven't been so um, unpredictable so far. I mean, you look up and down the, um, the, the, the matchups, and it seems everybody's dominating uh, the favorites in, in that matter. But um, do you think there'll be one team – which will kind of shine like the Golden State Warriors last year. Um, I mean, you had uh, the 76ers upsetting uh, the Pistons in game one, 
but outside of that, you really haven't seen a lot of surprises. Or do you think uh, that in this NBA playoffs, mostly for the most part, uh, it's going to be pretty much uh, the favorites, like the Lakers and the Celtics, going all the way? Um, well, I like the Celtics out of the East. Um, I think you could look at Lakers or the Spurs coming out of the Western Conference. And, I mean, the NBA playoffs have, you know, and I thought the Western Conference was going to be unbelievable. The NBA playoffs, is not, as you mentioned, uh, the, the Philadelphia-Detroit series, the NBA playoffs has been a dud. <laughs> I mean, there's been a lot of blowouts. I, I think, obviously, the, the tremendous play of Chris Paul in the regular season has continued into the postseason because he's embarrassed Jason Kidd and the Dallas Mavericks, and he's a he's an unbelievable young point guard and a star on the rise. But um, I think one West Conference series that's going to get more interesting, I think, is the Suns and the Spurs. And I think Phoenix is going to win game three and make that a little bit more interesting. Obviously, in the Eastern Conference, I mean, I, I could definitely – Detroit uh, winning the you know next three games and, and you know, pretty easily against the 76ers. The Hawks are no match uh, for uh, the uh, Celtics. Washington Wizards unfortunately opened up their big mouths before the start of the series against the Cavaliers, and that's come back to haunt them. I mean, I, I hopefully the, the playoffs get a lot more interesting as the season as the series goes along and the playoff season goes along. But I don't know if you're going to have that unbelievable story that you had last year with the Warriors' big time first round upset. Definitely, okay. and Mark. Once again, uh, we got to thank you so uh, much. Before, uh, you go, before you go, uh, sorry about myself. Uh, I think the phone is a little messy. Uh, I'm not sure. I think I call his phone a little bit uh, out of sync there. But, uh, Mark, uh, we do want to thank you so much uh, for for coming on tonight. Um, and we, we'll be tuning in tonight. And, and, you know, let's go Rangers. Let's go Yankees. So. Anytime. Just uh, anytime you need me, just give me a ring. Oh, great. Thank Thanks so much. All right. I'll see you then. Well, have a good night. All right, great. And, of so course, cool. you didn't hear anything I said? I didn't, uh, but the problem was I think your phone was a little bit uh, out of sync there. Um, if you wanna, I think it's still on. If you want to ask. Uh, Is phone better now? Yeah, I can hear you now. Oh, oh I was going to say, I'm going to return the favor later. I'll call into your show tonight. Steve from Lindbrook will call. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right, so Steve's going to call into the Lucis tonight. Okay, great. All right. Uh, thank you for joining us. Right. You got it, guys. Be well. All right, great. Okay. All right, Klaus. Klaus? Yeah, we still got three minutes Klaus? left in our program. If we, if we, still three minutes left on the sports docket here on Blog Talk Radio. If you have let's any just, uh, uh, let's, let's get this thing uh, playing song, please. Uh, let's turn out tie 3-3 for the Nationals, right? Yeah. Like, Steven, next time, try to try to get with the landline calling into the program. But, yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah, uh, I know. Well, uh, I'm going to start my computer, so they using the landline to call up the company. Peter, okay. for, uh, right. I have to use the classic cell phone. No problem. But again, um, uh, but again, uh, anyone else will be calling. We got a couple minutes left in our live edition on our, of our program here. See you uh, later. All right. All right. Great. All right. Okay. Oh yes. Um, We'll take a uh, quick break here on the sports talk. We've got a few minutes left. Uh, and then uh, you know, we'll finish talking sports. Again, we got the Rangers and Penguins. Uh, that um, series coming up tomorrow night in Pittsburgh. Of course, it's a much-anticipated series as the Rangers will be uh, looking to, um, to win the second straight series for the first time since it seems like a, like a decade. Well, it, it will be a decade because I think the last time they won two consecutive series must be in the late 90s. Um, and they were looking to move on into the uh, conference finals against either um, the Canadians or the Flyers. Again, you know, as I said at the beginning of the show, I told Stephen, oh, I tipped the champagne, tipped the cap to him, uh, being me, the Devils fan, the guy who said Devils in seven. Well, I was way off as the Rangers took that easily in five games. Overmatched, you know, is an understatement in this series as the Rangers completely um, overmatched – Every aspect of the game, I mean, you name it, uh, empty netters uh, with time remaining by the, by the Rangers' uh, offense. I mean, 
both young and old, the veterans and the, uh, the young kids coming through. Nigel Dawes, is he, does that guy love to score against the Devils? I, mean, he's, I think it's going to like every game we played against the, the Rangers. Um, and the Devils, I mean, the Rangers, look, how about this? Uh, what was it, like 11-2 and two against the Rangers, against Devils in the regular season? That's just phenomenal. Um, again, you want your Mets update. Right now, the Mets are in the sixth inning, and the Nationals have tied it up. It's a We just got kicked off the air, but uh, Nationals tied it up. So, it's everybody next week on the Sports Talk. It's a 3 3 game. The sixth, I think, most loosest uh, games are coming out. Good evening, sports. Whoa. Went off with a little paralyzer in tonight's show. <laughs> 